it's just cool to see like the sport, you know, the sports definitely got a lot of room to grow, but like they're making strides and I'm, I'm pumped for that, that, you know, seeing like more manufacturers up front is just as cool as winning and stuff. So, you know, just cause I'm a, I'm a fan of the sport. So it's uh, it's definitely cool to see. Episode 126, Tank Slapping Podcast, post-Daytona edition, post-Bike Week. Got a lot to talk about. We're going to have Cody Cop calling in, as well as Dallas Daniels, the two big winners from the weekend. We're going Ooh. to talk <laughs> We're going to talk <laughs> Daytona 200 a little bit. We're going to talk uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of Bike Week stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it should be, should be a good pod. Want to give a shout out to Mission Foods for supporting the podcast, our title sponsor. If you can, support them. Support those who support the sport. Mission Foods, a lot of great products. The bags of you know tortilla chips, tortilla shells, all kinds of products. Uh, salsa, make sure you guys check them out and support them. As well as Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Yamaha grabbing two wins in the Super Twins class. Uh, they also won the, uh, the Twins Cup, Rob, with... Um, uh, the best. Uh, Mesa. Stefano. Stefano, my guy. <laughs> Stefano my guy. won the Twins Cup. Yeah, he's a sleeper, dude. That guy's a good rider. So, uh, Yamaha, make sure you check out their website, yamahamotorsports.com. Let's get into it, Rob. We got Cody calling in in a little bit. My mic is being super weird today. So, we're going to push through this mic issue. But yeah, his uh, Daytona's in the books, dude. It was a big week. Uh, me being a Daytona native, I'm so thankful <laughs> Bike Week's over. You're not a Daytona native. You're a transplant. All right, transplant. <laughs> it's all right, though. We're still happy to have you in Florida, even though you're on the wrong side. Yeah. Uh, we're, let's just get into the nat- the two nationals, man. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of hype going into the season, a lot of riders switching brands. Obviously, Briar finally announced what he was doing like i knew i knew for a while he was going the ktm route and he didn't get his bike he didn't ride his bike till the day before the race and he only rode it up and down the street so the first time he ever rode that ktm was at the test day like i said a lot of riders switching uh switching brands switching classes there's two classes now instead of three there's some format changes uh, a lot to talk about, Rob, but what were your biggest surprises leading into the first round and then the first round? Let's go with the, just the first round at Daytona. Any big surprises or, di- or disappointments from that first round? Um, you know, Looking through both the results, the only surprise I've gotten, it was a good one, was uh, was was Breyer. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say the only surprise, but uh, I mean, we all know how talented stuff he is, but like you said, they they have like literally zero time on the bike and it just shows you how good uh dave z and michelle and them work work well together because you know he he did the the practice day and they kept making changes and, and it was cool i was kind of near their pits and i could see them they you know they're just non-stop putting in the work and and i respect that because that's kind of how i feel like too like you know keep working and digging and you'll find something and and of course you know i'm sure the bike wasn't 100 percent ideal for him um but his talent uh, clearly overcame whatever downfalls the bike may have. And I'm not saying the bike's bad. I'm just saying it's a brand new bike. And and I really expect this whole week, I'm sure they're going to be digging and working just like uh, a lot of the other teams will be as well. But uh, that was my biggest surprise. I'm not surprised to see Dallas win. Uh, the kid's just amazing, but the bike's good. He's good. And it's a short track. So it, it's like one of them, anybody's, anybody can take it home uh, type 
type tracks and he just got it figured out, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking through the results here from the twins class the first day and nothing really honestly stands out as surprising. Like uh, Dallas, B-Rob, Breyer, Meese, Beach, Halbert, Bromley, Lewis, Davis, Ben Lau, Bronson, Colkman. I mean, everybody kind of finished where I thought they would have finished. Like, uh, I could have probably predicted that the, the top 15 or higher top 16 guys. So nobody's really out of place. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have surprised me, <laughs> excuse me, to see Mikey rush finish a little higher up. He finished 14th and man, bummer for Mikey, dude, like guy, like went through so much with his ankle injury and just getting healthy. And then he goes down. So our thoughts are with Mikey rush. And if you guys can, check out the uh the back on track it was formerly the class of 79 but check out that charity and and support mikey rush ronnie jones and jackie and tim essenson they they're all doing a really good job with that but fuck dude that sucks for mikey but yeah sucks dude can't catch a break man just cannot and and it's like i mean don't get me wrong i don't don't want any riders to get hurt but mikey is just such a nice good dude too you know i mean i I don't wish pain on any even somebody i don't like but man like god can the guy get a freaking break yeah that's the thing man Uh, like we're all we're all in this together so to speak and that was that's a bummer but now no no results honestly shocked me at all um yeah pretty pretty standard honestly the top five guys were four of the top five were my preseason tier one guys and then b rob got second he was just outside tier one, but he's really good at Daytona. And honestly, I, he was my early pick to win the race after watching him at the test day, but nothing surprised me on the results, Rob. Uh, the only thing I wanted to touch upon before we go to the singles results is uh, I wanted to talk about the Halbert and Lewis thing. I missed, <laughs> I, I missed it, man. I didn't see it. I, I was so busy with our, you know, the K or so yeah, KTM, <laughs> the Husqvarna's that we first impressions and, I had my two guys, but both my guys were in the LCQ on the first day, which was nerve wracking. We'll get into that, but I missed the whole Halbert Lewis thing. So I don't have a lot of opinion on it. I will say that Halbert and Johnny are both aggressive riders who have been in instances in the past. (laughs) So neither one really can get mad. I mean, I I don't think either one can get super mad about it because they've, they've all been in those shoes, but I just thought it was ironic that it was both of those. And um, obviously Sammy had mentioned that he felt he was a little bit in the wrong, like he should have been maybe more patient for, for that deal. But, uh, and then I guess Johnny came in and <laughs> ran into the back of him and staging and knocked him off the bike and they were pushing each other. No, I mean, it's, it's short track racing. This isn't fucking T-ball. Um, you know, the fans, you know, you gotta be understanding of that. Like we're out here racing motorcycles for a living and it's about as raw of a sport as it can get. So that stuff's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Especially on that track, man. The uh, I honestly saw it coming, you know, five, six laps of four. And, and hats off to Johnny, man. They've definitely been working hard on that bike. I know he's got a good team around him. But, uh, you know, not, not to sound rude, but he was kind of being a little bit of a roadblock, which is fine. It's Daytona. He had the bottom locked in like he was working good and he was going to make guys go around the high side. I mean, that's just racecraft 101. But the problem there is that the one guy that's behind him is the guy that will fucking move you out of the way if he needs to. And, and Sammy was more, more patient than I thought. I thought that he looked like his bike was going forward towards the end and Johnny was just kind of maintaining. Um, so I honestly thought it was going to happen a lot sooner 
because um, I'm not saying Sammy would have got up in the mix or anything, but he wasn't too far off of Mies and Beach. But uh, but him and Sammy and uh, Mies, I don't know if you saw that one, they had a little come-together meeting in turn three, and unfortunately Vanderkoy got the short end of that stick. And how Mies and Sammy both stayed on, I, I don't know, but uh, it just shows how much talent they've got. But it's, it's Daytona, it's Sammy, it's the last lap. <clears throat> I don't know how much is on the line from fifth to sixth place as far as money goes, but – Dude, you just got to know, man, if you're in that, that position, Sammy's going to make a run at it. Maybe, you know, hindsight, you know, Johnny could have backed his corner up a little bit and let Sammy just slide on up to the top. But uh, at any rate, the I totally connection happened. It. Yeah, <laughs> I missed it, dude. I didn't even see it. So it's it's hard for me to give a, a full opinion on it. But if, if you put the two names on paper, Johnny Lewis and Sammy Halbert, they're really aggressive riders that – that uh that won't give anything but the only thing i think like i think it's good for the sport like obviously not taking each other out but that personality is is good for the sport and people listening like i sent jen lewis and Jalen out the next day to interview a bunch of riders and i was like hey go interview sammy and johnny and and get their opinion on it because i don't think that's an, we don't have enough of that in the sport like we need to get their their insights like immediately right after or the next day. And we don't have any like big media covering that kind of stuff. So I thought, I thought it was cool that uh, Jen and, and Jalen got the, got the inside scoop on it. That was pretty entertaining. Dude, it's, it's so funny how like Sammy's coming into his own little personality these last few years too. Cause uh, you know, back in the day he would just been like, Oh man, go fuck yourself. You know, blah, blah, it's racing, blah, blah. But like I go up to him the next day, in typical fashion, I'm like, hey, bud, how you feeling? <laughs> any any excitement last night? He's like, I'm on my personal apology tour right now. He was like cruising around the bite, the pits. I think he went and talked to Vandercoy and smoothed it over with him. And um, I know he talked to Mies because Mies came up to me. <laughs> he said, oh, Sammy, one. I'm like, don't you guys owe each other enough already? Why don't y'all just stay away from each other? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, nope, I told him I owed him one. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> But, well, the uh, benefactor yeah, from it, that was Jared Meese. I mean, because he was like in eighth was. place and not going anywhere, and uh, and and he ended up fourth. So that I mean, I'm sure he'll he'll take that deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's about it. Like there wasn't really anything else. Like I mean, uh, the the battle up front was was pretty good. Obviously, B Rob is leading, and and Dallas, you know, Dallas just had a little bit more extra on those guys all weekend, and he made the pass and and uh and got the job done so well let's move into the singles rob um we have cody no, i don't want to talk about it <laughs> we have cody cop on the line <laughs> waiting so let's talk about the singles quick and then we'll bring him in and and get some insight but obviously uh cody looked really good all weekend and and he got the win and i'm looking here if there are any surprises in this class the only one i can think of is logan eisenhard he got ninth he's the top finishing rookie um i know him he's a pennsylvania guy he he rides really well like i said he's a little loose like he's he's aggressive uh he's actually running the me once for like sixth place and a winner take all dash for cash on the last lap so uh <laughs> it's like yeah, but he, yeah he, he rode good man like he he's got ron wood uh former national number 88 helping him in the pits and i just want to give a shout out to logan he rode he rode really good aggressive and that's a track that i thought I thought he would be uh, he would do well at, but I didn't. I don't know if I would have put him ahead of guys like Sadhoff, Mishler, Bromley. I mean, it was, you know, it was a good ride. But um, yeah, Rob, I have some thoughts on on the singles class. No, that's that's exactly what I was going to say too, man. Hats hats off to Eisenhard uh, both both days. I think he ended up Daytona with two top tens as a rookie. That's that's freaking huge, man. And uh, and 
and again, to echo what you said, he's got one of the best short trackers that I grew up racing. I want to say racing against, but I was never in the same league as him. Uh, but Ron Wood is, he's just a great guy all around, but, uh, you know, he had some, some good tips and tricks to tell uh, Eisenhard for sure, especially getting around a short track, doesn't Ron made a bunch of Daytona mains back in the day. He's got top fives. He's got top fives at the old Daytona, yeah. the new Daytona. Yeah, John Ron's my guy. He's he's pretty funny, man. I, I, I love that guy. We have a lot of good times together, would, but yeah. But other, other ones that do stand out just on the first day, like I was really surprised to see Bromley in 13th. Um, uh just just from his past you know uh but he was riding two bikes i don't know what his fitness is like and you know i know the bikes are probably going to be pretty good with nick working on them but um that was kind of the main main thing that um th that's another one of the main that stuck out you know the the top five or so cop dalton bruner low and then you know you said it we both said it drain like he he was fast all weekend um so man i mean it was a it was a is it a good race other than Cody just freaking turning in his hotel key and checking out early on everybody like an a-hole, just not yeah. caring about the, the show, I guess. But that does kind of honestly his big his in the fashion. It didn't surprise me that he won, but I mean, he he checked out like he was untouchable all weekend. And from what I saw this offseason, he that kind of surprised me a little bit how dominant he was. I mean, he was getting eighth place at Ocala and then he jumps on, you know, when it counts. And I said, he's a gamer and he's going to get the job done, but yeah, no, that was some good rides by, by Cody. And um, yeah, we'll bring him on here in a minute, but uh, yeah, nothing, uh, honestly, Rob, like nothing else really surprised me. I mean, the, I had Chad, I had Chad on the fifth row of the LCQ. I was, he was in fourth in his heat race and he crashed fourth or fifth, fifth row of the LCQ. And he ended up squeaking up in there and made the main James Ott won the LCQ. Um, so it was, and then I had Shana in the LCQ and Shana actually was in transfer and then her, she had an, uh, um, a problem with Dude. her electrics or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was like, electronics. my guy was in a transfer, man. My rookie was a transfer and then, uh, he got plowed from the rear, unfortunately in the first corner. So we were, yeah, it's a, that it's LCQ Daytona, was man. dicey. It was, a it dicey was man. I'm like, come on guys, let's just get it clean. And, uh, um, another, uh, another shout out to, to Luker. Um, you know, nobody's surprised that he did so well in short track. He's a great short tracker, but, uh, we haven't seen much of him lately and, uh, looks like he's got a Rackley ride again. So I don't know how many races he's doing, but, uh, that was awesome. He got top 10, he got seventh, I believe, but, um, yeah, yeah, he's good. He's good on those tracks. That didn't so surprise good. me at yep. all. I, I mean, I, he wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he would have podium, like he's, He's aggressive, no, wouldn't, man. Not at all. That guy, that guy's aggressive. But no, I mean, it, yeah, it was overall nothing overly surprising. We'll bring, uh, we'll talk about round two a little bit later on in the show. But let's bring Cody Cop on and just get some insight from Cody. I got a few questions, Rob. I want to ask him. But uh, Cody, what's good, man? How are you? What's up, guys? I'm I'm good. Sitting here, nice, uh, chill morning. Finally, seems like it's counting your money. Morning early. Early mornings, like, but no, it's a nice chill morning. I got Max Whale over here, Tom Drain, Jared Vanderclair riding a little moto at the house today. So, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on back. Max is over there? Max is here. Is he still, is he awake? He's not recovered he, yet? He's a, <laughs> he is actually awake. Yeah, it is. We, we won't get into, him awake. <laughs> we won't get into, like 3 a.m. 
Yeah, we won't get into details, but we know you and Max had a good time celebrating. And uh, Cody, I'm so mad at you, you little bastard, but damn, you rode good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, it was, it was fun weekend for sure. Um, how much did you make before taxes? Like, what was your total? <laughs> what was your total amount <laughs> before taxes? Not enough to pay you back on all the bets we've made. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I got a couple questions for you, man. Let me just bring my notes up here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Moto America for for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, man, crazy weekend of Moto America. We'll talk about that. But if you if you can, I think the next one. I got to look. I I I, I got to check the schedule. I was just getting through Daytona, but I think Road Atlanta is the next one. If you can't be there in person, check yep. out the Moto America Live Plus package. Uh, Rotolan is a badass track, man. So yeah, it's going to be a good mm-hmm. one. Let's get into uh, Cody. I got a few questions for you. What? Um, so obviously, you heard me talking about the uh, off-season races, and then kind of how you you stepped up your game and went into went into Daytona with two wins. How different is your race bike? Obviously, it's quite a bit different. But what is what stands out the most to you from like your practice bike that you run the outlaw races with? Uh, winter throwdown you know the ones we did this off season to the bike you rode at Daytona like I'm just genuinely curious because I asked Max a little bit the other day uh, after Daytona and he said like you know he felt as good or better on his practice bike than he did on his race bike but you obviously were the opposite so what's the biggest difference there yeah I mean this off season was definitely different as far as result results show for me at like some of these outlaw races, like, like you said, Evan was just about ready to lap me at Ocala a few times this off season. But, uh, I don't, honestly, there's not much of a difference from the bike. I just raced the bikes we bring out for the half miles are definitely way different from the factory, but that short track bike that, that we just rode at Daytona, honestly, yeah, it makes smooth power. It's got, um, better than stock motor, like my practice bike, but they're really not much different. Like that pipe we have is an off the shelf, fmf uh tie pipe so up pipe which is different to have an up pipe in the 450 class but definitely kind of cool but honestly the bikes they aren't much different i uh i think i just finally had enough of getting my ass kicked at like the local outlaw races and had to kind of focus in and put a weekend together because i mean i I did decent at the throwdown but after the throwdown we kind of went downhill as far as results at the the local races when it it doesn't really count but like it's kind of nice to build some confidence um but i don't know daytona was just a track that i felt like really suited me kind of like a loose callahan like you you get rewarded for having the bike stood straight up and down and driving and that's kind of my style growing up on a lot of indoors up in up in washington it's kind of the way you have to ride see uh I was trying to, to figure that out too because me and Dalt were talking you know obviously like what the hell is he doing different and I'm like, damn, man, like, is, uh, we were, we were trying to do kind of, we, I don't know if you guys noticed, but one of our qualifying sessions, we made a terrible decision and went straight to last, like a second off. And we put like a PET setting in there in a, in a way. Um, and boy, it was, it couldn't have been any different. I was like, well, it's getting rough as shit. Let's try this. And, you know, we, we were, we threw a kitchen sink trying to, to figure you out. And, uh, we almost made a, an error to where we we're going to be watching the races at night. Cause he was not even in the main, in the night show for the first round of qualifying. So yeah, um, I saw yeah. that. That was, I didn't know yeah. what happened. <laughs> Whatever you guys did, you know, we were trying to figure out and uh, try some stuff. And, uh, 
I was I was trying to be Joe Cop, and clearly I'm not. So we uh, we went back to what we knew, and we're like, all right, well, we know we got a podium set up here, but uh, yeah, Cody, whatever you did, man, whatever you're doing on the bike, it was it was working, man. Hats off to you. I was cussing you, but if if anybody beats us, I want it to be one of my good close guys, and you're one of them. So congratulations, man. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, no, it was it was fun for sure. Like that uh, that second main was a little more chaotic. I don't know why I I got talked into. I don't know. Dad and I were talking about it, and we line up for the main. I was on pole, and I chose second off, and it just looked like a better rut. And man, that didn't work. Like Chase killed me on starts two times in a row there. I kind of got lucky a few times that he'd blow the apex of turn two. But yeah, that was kind of my uh, my thing that definitely put me in a little bit of a hole. I felt like that was my biggest uh, I don't know mental challenge. It felt like was picking second and then watching Chase nail a good start on the practice start, and I'm like, crap, I have to. I have to whole shot this dude. Yeah, you, no, you started no. second the first night and you whole shot at Trent. Like I think all night you were on the first night you were starting second off and and if you're getting it, yeah. whatever whatever you were doing was working, so it makes sense that you would that you would go with second off the second night, but I don't know. I mean that that is a bold move and and I've done it before too where I've had pole and and I've gone to uh second up or third up. I actually, the Volusia, the last race I did last year, I started second off and fuck dude, Johnny Lewis started underneath me. I was like, well, that's the last guy I wanted underneath me in this first corner. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that was, that was a, a bold move, but I wanted to ask about the difference in the track. Like, obviously we, uh, they changed the track quite a bit from Thursday to Friday and then Friday rained out. And then Saturday they, they squared off the other corner. So difference in the track from Thursday and uh, Thursday to Saturday. And did you like it better kind of squared off like that? Or did you like it more like the typical shape? Yeah. I mean, I've only ever raced Daytona this weekend, so I don't know what it used to be like. I liked it. It used to be like what it was on Thursday. Yeah. I didn't really like that. (laughs) It definitely made it more one line. Like, especially on the practice day, it got such a black groove. Like, we were one line around the whole place. It felt like it was, it was different for sure. It wasn't going to be super racy. And then, um, Thursday, it definitely, they started prepping it a little more scrape or scratching it with that little, I don't even Harley rake. I think they call it. And that thing was cool. And they kept water in it. And, and we ran out Friday. Um, and the track was coming around decent and Saturday we show up for heat race number one. And it's a full cushion. Like, like it was a full cushion. <laughs> I was like, holy cow, like, look, I had handguards on all weekend because I saw the size of those rocks on Wednesday. But, like, dude, it, it went from a, a decently hooked up, like, brushed off track to, man, it was a full two-inch deep cushion for our heat race. And that was fun. If they would have kept it like that, I think it would have got rough. But it reminded me of, like, honestly, Rob's place at PDT when it's, when it's deep and kind of rough. And I, I like that a lot. So, no, it was fun. I wish they would have maybe prepped a little more before our final main on Saturday. I felt like it would have made it definitely more racy. Like it got to be such a one line and three and four, I felt like, but I don't know. I, I like the D like the straightaway in the middle of the corner. I guess we had four straightaways basically, but I like that shape more, especially in three and four, one and two, they didn't do it as much, like as much of an extreme, I don't know, cutting it down or whatever in the middle. But if you could go in on the bottom and come out on the bottom, especially in that main event, it was, it had to have been worth like half a second. Like if you got caught drifting wide, especially off two, you'd hit all those holes and rip straight into the wall. Like it was crazy. 
Did you just say you like the D? Yeah. I swear I heard you say I, I like say the that, D. Oh, you said D shape. Okay, okay. Uh, go ahead, Rob. I, I think D shape. No, I, I was just gonna say, you know, to 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 add to Co what Cody said. Um, you know, I, I know that we've beaten them to a pulp on and off the pod before, but uh, I do want to give a shout out to B Smith and the whole AFT crew because they did try stuff. You know, they they knew what we had. Everybody knows Daytona is going to be a certain type of dirt. Like there's nothing they're going to do other than bring in different dirt, but we didn't have that option. So, you know, I think that it was a good move for what they did. It seemed to make it a little more racy. So I just think that, uh, yeah, agreed. B Smith and his crew, uh, they deserve a, a props when, when it's due and it's definitely due, man. They, they saw something they could maybe make better. And, and actually another thing they did too, the back straightaway, because a lot of people might not remember, but we used to not run up to the wall. There was like, what, a four-foot cushion of grass, and it would get super rough up there. And then they brought more dirt in, I guess, and, and smoothed that part out down the back straightaway. It was still rough, obviously, but uh, for was it the practice day when it was super bad up there? And then they, I think they brought in dirt overnight, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, whatever they did, man, uh, big thank you to AFT for, for, uh, for making it, it better as best they could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. yeah no, I, I thought they did not. a good job too, Rob. Like, I'll just chime in there. Like, definitely, I I thought the program ran smooth. I thought they made a, a good early decision with the rain on Friday. I thought the track was really cool, man. I, I was frothing just looking at the track. Like, it looked like it would have been a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, that's. I just wanted to echo that a little I, bit. That was good. So, I got a question for no, Cody I real think quick. Too. Pass off to them for, like, our main event Thursday night, like, they could have easily – I was talking to Moorhead right prior. Like they could have easily left it, keep getting more and more brushed off, but they're they wanted more of a racetrack, and it was late. Like we were behind schedule for sure with like 84 red flags. It felt like, but they they went out and prepped it, and they kept doing that all weekend, which I I really respected for sure. We had more of a racetrack than we have had in a lot of past tracks. It felt like last year. So Cody, where would uh where where would Corey have finished had he not been too scared to race? What place did you give him? You think he would have made the night main? when it was first night? I think he would have struggled more than like second. He would have done better second night for sure. He definitely would have made the main. Like Corey's a good short tracker. Come on, second Jeez. night. <laughs> I got him in the top know. ten. I got him top ten both I'd nights. I'd say first night top ten, second night top five. Wow. Oh, nice! All wow, right. Corey, right, what guys. do you what do you think, Corey? What do you I ain't think? saying You're shit, racing Briar and Jared. Oh, are you saying in the twins class or singles? Like, what do you? Oh, you would not have made the main in singles. You're not aggressive enough. But twins, <laughs> come for on. Sure. You don't have to be aggressive <laughs> when you qualify good and you get good starts. Like, it's like run, get a good start and run scared. Oh, so you're talking twins? <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, asking I'm not a singles rider. Uh, to be honest, I think I. I think I would have liked the track better the first night. I mean, it was fine both nights, but um, the first night I would have I would have ridden my CNJ. I have a CNJ chassis that I really like, and then for sure the second night I would have ridden my black my black linkage bike that I have uh, that I rode Lima with. So uh, I don't I don't know what place I would have got, bro. I mean, I can talk all this shit I want because I don't have to go out there and back it up. So yeah, I probably would have won. Like I don't know, so. Yeah, most likely you would have won, but realistically, <laughs> no, I don't know. I know I'm dude. still gonna give you a top ten on the twins. I'm gonna give you a top ten on the twins just because, you know, it, it's you're 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 good at that for sure. All right, uh, mediocre. Uh, I mean, Johnny here at the land. 
Bromley was seventh. Johnny was Johnny was eighth. Ben was tenth. So there's three production twins guys. That, I mean, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. Whatever, dude. You think you could? Uh, Let me you think you real quick that that you would have done better second night. I think when it got more brushed off, it might add a few more ruts. But first night it was. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess you're really good at like one line tracks as well, though. So I don't know. That's a toss up. I don't know, Cody. All I know is when we were at Callahan, you were holding me up all weekend. <laughs> and I was ready to punt your oh, dude, ass, I but know. I felt bad. I didn't want to take your confidence away. So and then Damon Ream goes out. And Damon Ream wins the wins the main event. I'm like, well, Cody's Cody's confidence is shot right now. So I don't want to hurt it anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> uh did you like the new format? I, you didn't really get to experience any of the LCQ stuff, but uh obviously the format's different with heat races lcq um as a fan i thought the lcq was awesome especially on a short track it definitely gave more people a chance to like shine i guess like i think i think colby or no it was cameron smith won the one lcq james ott won another lcq it kind of gives guys an opportunity to get mic time that's not they're not typically like shown for winning heat races so I liked it, but Cody, what were you, what are your thoughts at least going into it with the heat and the LCQ? Yeah, I liked it. Um, honestly, I didn't know a ton about it going into the first two rounds. Like we're lining up for our heat race and I knew it was different format, but like we're lining up for our heat race on day one. And I'm like asking Justin just to be sure I'm like top eight. Right. And he's like, no, you idiot. Top six. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know that much, but. No, I, I liked it for sure. It was a little stressful. I watched Max uh, have to start from 20th in the semi on day one, and Fillmore and I were sitting by each other, and every time he crashed once, and then there was a red flag, and, like, we were stressing. Somehow he made it in. So that, that was – it was cool. It was a second chance without having to use a provisional and only one guy getting a second chance. Like, it gave 20 guys their second chance, which I thought was great. Yeah, um, for sure. But I don't know. It was it was different. It it made the program more rushed. I felt like, in a sense, for the guys that weren't making it, for sure. Like, you're on track a lot if you're if you're trying but, to make the main and you're kind of towards the back. You're on track a lot that day for sure. But on the other hand, on on that, you know, looking at both sides, it's so good for the crowds because you know it took away a lot of dead time and. And yeah, you got to be hustling. But honestly, you know, from my standpoint, Cody, and I'm not a you know national winning rider by any means, but the uh, the uh, you know as a racer, I, I like keeping busy and stuff. So it it, it kind of oh for kinda, sure, it adds the excitement too. I mean, back you know last year and years before, you know, say you had a good heat race and you'd be cooled off and sitting in your pit for what two or three hours sometimes before you even yeah, get you back on your bike. So, I mean, it's another thing I think AFT did a good job on. You know, we'll, they'll probably be bashing people all, all on Facebook and stuff. But, um, you know, and unfortunately, you know, my guy, I was in, in both LCQs and both heat races uh, with Landon. So I knew, you know, I, I do understand what you're saying there. Like, he, you're on the track a lot. But, you know, it's they had to do something. They made a change. And I think overall it's going to work well. Yeah, no, I thought it. I thought it was good. It gave everybody a second chance without having to use your your one provisional like last year. Like if you had a bike break or something, and and you're not ahead of that other guy that beat you in that LC, or in that heat race in points, like you don't get a second chance that night. You're done. You're going home. So, no, it, it was good for sure. Um, I just have to say, I'm sitting here. We're at the land. I'm getting ready to motocross, and Max is sitting on a horse. My sister's horse. So he's riding a horse right now. This is interesting. Please take a picture or video. 
Yeah, he said he's never. He said he touched a horse one time before, and now he's sitting on a horse. So this will be interesting. And he's, he's straight up flat footing that horse, ain't he? He <laughs> actually down. looks like he could touch. Yeah. I don't fuck with horses, dude. Horses are terrifying. <laughs> nah, man. Yeah. No, the throttles uh, get stuck. <laughs> I got one more question for it. Well, one more, and then a follow up, and then we'll let you go. But obviously, the no you know, it's no no secret. The twenty three KTM. Well, maybe it is not well known, but the twenty three KTM is. It's a little bit different chassis than the 22 KTM, you know, so there was a lot of uh, kind of wonder going into the season how well that 23 chassis would work because the 22, I think it was 20 to 22 was the same. Uh, they're, they're so proven. Yep. So w- did, you know, with testing going into the year, did the bike feel a lot different? Were you nervous? Did you, did you have confidence going into it with that, with that change in the chassis? I I liked the bike from the first time I got on it. Like I got on it. Um, we won the championship in Cedar Lake last year, and whatever it was, September or something, and and we rented that track the next day and rode a 23 that we'd brought. So that was my first time riding one. Um, and honestly, I wanted to race it at Volusia the final two rounds last year. We just couldn't get everything set up together to have spares in case it did go. Um, so we raced the 22, obviously, but I rode a, a decent amount in the off season. Um, down in California, KTM, Paris, Blackmore Ranch, a few different tracks, and I liked it. We came into a few, like, problems with it. Like, we were waiting on heads and stuff like that. Like, obviously, everybody goes through the same issues, but even the factory, just for insight, does have the same issues that the normal person does. Like, we were waiting on heads and everything, and and for our photo shoot back in, what was it, first of the year, like, we were running 22 heads on a 23 bike because we didn't have anything in time. We didn't have motors together, but... So that was kind of stressful. We were honestly, we were stressing towards the towards the end of the off season here, like hoping we'd get everything together, and but we did. And obviously, it, it's a good bike. It, it works well. It's it's different when you sit on it, even ergonomically. Like it feels different just sitting on it. Seat bolts on in the front, like a little fatter feeling, I think, in the knee area. But makes good power. Like I loved my moto bike all off season. I rode more moto than I have my entire life this off season, and on the moto track it's phenomenal and then obviously it worked pretty well on a short track so we're gonna keep developing it though like there's a lot of stuff we haven't got to ride it on like a half mile or a banked car track yet so yeah it'll be a kind of learning year for sure like can't judge the whole year just off daytona short track that place is different than anything else out there so yeah there's still more developing to do uh yeah last thing rob i don't know do you have anything else for cody i kind of just had one more question no, not really. I just uh, wish you'd slow down a little bit. You know, you're making the uh, making it not look good for the fans. You know, so you know if you see yourself in a lead like that in the future, if you could just go ahead and pull on over low side or something, that'd be great. You know, think about the rest of the riders. You know, instead of just being so selfish. But other than that, man, great job. Thank you, <laughs> uh, Sonoya Cody. Have you ridden Sonoya? Have you watched any video? Obviously, that's the next race on the schedule, and. It, like you said, there's going to be different players at the front on a different track. Daytona is so unique. Uh, like the results, really nothing. There's no one crazy at the front that didn't deserve to be there. But you're going to have a few guys just do a little bit better, and then some guys do a little bit worse on like uh, on a bank car track. So, what are your thoughts going in, into that next round? So I raced Sonoya when I think it was Robbie. You put on that uh, road to AFT thing. Yeah. And. Yep. Yeah, we raced Sonoya the night prior for a qualifier, and then uh, we raced, obviously, Atlanta Short Trek, but I liked it. Honestly, that was I related a lot to a, 
smaller version of Port Royal, I think. Like it's uh the way Rob had it prepped in that track crew, like it, it was a groove top to bottom from what I remember, like racy, completely racy. It was it was fun. Chase was ridiculously fast that night. That's all I remember was going into the next road to AFT day and thinking Chase was definitely untouchable the night prior. Um and he's really good at tracks like that. So it's gonna bring different contenders in like guys that were struggling at Daytona are gonna be up front like like a track like that Max is gonna be quick at. It's uh it's definitely gonna bring everybody back to kind of a level playing field again, I think. And it'll be fun. It's it's different. AFT hasn't been there. So I don't know what to expect with how they wanna prep it, but hopefully they pr- learn something from I don't know, maybe some video of how Rob had it that night because honestly that was a fun car track and it made for good racing, which is what we need because we have so many fast guys in this class. It it shouldn't just be one line. Yeah, we've been going back and forth a lot on that. Luckily, the AFT crew they're they've been there multiple times, and and we've had several several talks and stuff. And uh, you know, it's kind of a lot of pressure because I I have you know in a sense been selling the shit out of Sonoya as far as like how good the facility is and and how good the track is and how racy it is and and you know. I don't want to ever have to be like, well, you know, it was good when the amateurs ran on it, but the pros, it, it went to shit or something. So we're definitely going to be putting a lot of work into it. And uh, we do have our amateur race the Friday night before. So I'm really hoping that'll show and kind of shed some light on, you know, getting the track good. And then, you know, if it does get, you know, bad for the amateurs, then we got, you know, all night to, to work on it for the pros again. But I, I really do think those guys uh, at Sonoya, they know what they're doing. And you can just look at the videos and the pictures that, you know, they really, it's one of the places it's owned by racers. They're not businessmen, they're racers first. And, uh, you know, yeah. they're, they take it personal if the track's not good. And I, and that's including their car races, you know, cause car tracks, you can get them things rough as shit and the car guys have four tires. They don't care, but, but these guys really do seem to care. And, uh, and a good friend of mine owns the place. So, uh, you know, luckily I can just be like, Hey man, you know, you got to tighten this up or that up. And, you know, um, I, I think we'll be good though. I'm, I'm really excited about it. So. Hopefully we. Okay, can. It, it looks like a fun track for sure. It. Uh, I see Turner's been there a few times, so they might have a little of an upper edge going in there. But that's always good. A little adversity never hurts. Yeah, for well, sure. No, they're 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 going to be out there fired up. I mean, I expect that track to be. You know, obviously you. I expect Dalton and Max to be fast, but those red bikes are going to be real fast there. Um, and uh, yeah. you know, like like you said with Chase, he's good there, and uh, and it seems like it might be the kind of track where Trent succeeds too. So. Um, it should be a good race. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you uh, for taking the time to come on. Uh, also, thanks for the invite to ride today. Uh, I figured you didn't want to get your ass kicked by an amateur rider and a vet rider uh, at your home track, so you didn't you didn't slide me an evident invite. But that's all good. It's all I wouldn't. You know, it's fine. With the confidence thing. Cody, you can come ride in Pensacola yeah. if you want. We <laughs> still have a pit bike race to settle, Corey. Hey, my pit bike's been here all all winter. That's about all I got. Y'all shut up, both of you. Both of you shut up about pit. But don't even. You're not, neither one of you are allowed to talk pit bikes. You're scared to come to Area 69. So until y'all show up at 69, there's no other pit bike track that comes close. So I will be cocky and say that. All right, Rob. Rob you're seven right. hours away. We ain't making that track, dog. But bro, it's right. not that far. Quit being a baby. All right, Cody. We, we appreciate right. you, man. We'll chat you soon, dude. See you, Cody. All right, thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Later, bud. See ya. All right, cool. So, man, some good insight from Cody. Uh, 
any anything on that rob that surprised you a little bit nothing really on my end i mean no no nah, dude yeah. i mean we all knew that they've been putting in the work this off season um you know no excuses from us you know we we raced a bike kind of like briar of course it's singles a lot easier but that was the first time that bike could hit the track ever was that weekend so we i think we start off in a good spot uh but you know i think everybody will agree with this man cody's cody's gonna be tough this year i mean the kid has got lots of confidence and just the all the talent in the world and he's got a great team behind him so that those three things right there are are tough to beat yeah yeah we got dallas on the line i want to give a shout out to dunlop motorcycle tires for supporting our podcast 19 inch 17 inch flat track tires off-road street check out their website dunlopmotorcycletires.com the dual winner of daytona rob daytona short track super twins dallas daniels what's up dallas what's up guys what's going on what's up? What's up, DD? We're just sitting here. Uh, you know, Corey. Corey asked Cody the the question, so I guess I guess we got to ask you the same question, man. Let's uh, let's leave them taxes out. But uh, how much did you win, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I you know I, I don't win too much. The boss, you know, the bosses take it all. I gotta, you know, I give Tim a couple percent, give my dad fifty percent, my crew chief James. I'm you know I give two cents to Uncle Sam. I'm pretty much broke after the weekend, you know. <laughs> well, and Razzles cleaned you out too. <laughs> <laughs> i try to stay away from that place um yeah man pretty much a uh, a sweep of the weekend i actually didn't know that or it didn't cross my mind i was like yeah dallas swept the weekend and someone's like no b-rob won the won the dash this i guess it was the second day it was like really yeah. close i totally missed that race and and uh someone's like you got to go back and watch the dash it was sick so uh probably not sick for you just because you, you didn't get the extra five but um what are your thoughts on that? Actually, now that I brought it up, like five grand mission foods. So it's so awesome. It's five grand, like just extra money. But do you like that format where it's five grand to win? Or would you rather it be like three, two, one, where like you at least make something for second and third? Like, what are your thoughts on that? No, I, I think it's, first of all, I think it's awesome that we even have a dash for cash or, you know, the challenge or whatever. I always remember as a kid thinking that was so cool. Like, and I think having five grand to win makes it like even better race. Like, at least for me, like I'm, if I know I'm going to make like, you know, two grand for a second, I, you know, I'll just chill out or whatever. But uh, like with it, just like a winner take all, I think that's why you see a lot of killer racing unless a guy's just on. Um, I think it should definitely be winner take all, especially for four laps. You know what I mean? Like if it was a, if it was a longer race, I could see him stretching it out, but I think it's better to be just winner take all the racing's good. And I think it's um, it's a good, you know, blow up permission and a good extra pocket money for the riders. You know what I mean? I think that's it sucks that they did it for the singles like the year after I moved out. I would have liked to have done a couple of them on a 450. But no, I think it's really cool. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. I mean, it's it's it, it adds to the excitement, too. I mean, yeah, it's great if like everybody gets a little piece of pie, but at the same time the the winner take all aspect definitely adds to like the drama the excitement the hype which is which is what the sport needs you know i mean no no offense but you know it would be prime time live if you had like a dash and all of a sudden you know somebody goes in there and cleans out me for the win for you know the cash too I mean, obviously right, yeah. you know, it, it's not easier said than done but uh but yeah man I'm, I'm i'm stoked on you dude you did you did a hell of a job i'm sure you've heard that a thousand times already the past few days but man that was I mean, it, one thing just to stalk, you know, stalk the leader like you did with Vander Coy, but uh, you passed him super clean, um, aggressive but clean, 
um, short track wise. And, uh, man, you just, you just rode your own race, dude. You could kind of see that, you know, he was, those Indians have pros and cons, just like the Yamaha's got pros and cons. Cause you, neither one were taking like the exact same line. And I could see you like trying to put a wheel in three and four multiple times. And, uh, but hats off to you, man, you made the pass stick and, uh, you know, nobody wrecked and you, you took on the victory, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thank you for sure. It was, it was definitely like the, you know, the second day, for whatever reason, I struggled with starts pretty bad. The first day, I, I pretty much whole shot at everything except the main event, of course. And it's like on on that track, like it's okay to kind of be third, fourth, but you get back like fifth, sixth, seventh. Like that's when it starts getting kind of hectic, you know. Like you see like Jared getting slammed by Sammy and Johnny getting taken out. Like stuff gets hectic when you get back in there. So I I didn't want to. I was okay sitting second, third. Like I was I was stalking kind of Jared and Brandon both days, like on purpose, just because. Dude, 10 minutes. I mean, 35 laps to Daytona is a long time. So it's like I wasn't in too big of a hurry to lead because, like, I'd rather be the hunter than the hunted. You know what I mean? Like, especially for five minutes. So, and then it was kind of like when I got in the lead, I just kind of calmed down and buckled down and I was able to run some super smooth laps and, and check out, which made it a little bit easier. Obviously, the first day with the red flag coming out, it was, it got kind of stressful for a minute, but it all worked out. So it was all good. Well, last year, a lot of development was done with your bike and the Yamahas in general, but uh, with like different rule changes and things like that. But how different is your bike this year? I mean, it obviously looks real similar. I think we talked about it a little bit over the off season and um, just for the fans listening, like have, was there any major testing done prior? I mean, or is it a similar kind of package to what you guys had last year? It's it's very similar with, um, you know, some redefined parts on it to make it more suitable for flat track racing. You know, the, this motor is designed basically for like you and me to like go to the grocery store. You know what I mean? Like it works really good. Um, road racing, like the, those guys are putting them in the road race chassis and they're working good. But like this engine is not designed to race flat track. So it's been a steady process of development for tim pretty much since 2017 when he started with sammy obviously they hopped off it there for a while with jake and they rode indians but when they dedicated it to 19 and or sorry when they dedicated you know the yamaha in 19 like that's all they were going to run you know yamaha came on and helped some more um development's been going on from then and you know been trying new frames and new motor packages and all this stuff and finally there and 22 we you know in 21 jd made big strides and he had a couple top fives and podiums some half miles and um but it still needed a little bit of work and last year obviously we were able to win a couple races and we were good in the championship um but it still needed work to to contend with jared mees and briar bauman like to be able to win a championship we weren't quite there yet so not really a lot of testing like we were able to do a little bit but just you know like everybody you're waiting to get parts and stuff's been kind of a hassle to get so it's like you know the team's been working non-stop since basically the last race and like they've have not put their head down and they've been trying to develop stuff and so we weren't able to ride it a whole lot but man that thing's so good that it was like we could really hop like we had a shakedown test before daytona and that was pretty much all we needed um like i said nothing on the motorcycles really changed a whole lot just a couple of new parts to make it better and um you know daytona's daytona but obviously they helped a little bit so Yeah, oh, I want. Sorry, is that me? Yeah, it was you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I was trying not to interrupt. I'm so bad about that, but no, I mean, it, Dallas hit the nail right on the head, man. You can you can watch the evolution of that bike, and if you really look closely, you can 
you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a nerd. So I always like look at bikes and stuff, but, uh, you can see that they've progressed. But the cool thing is like to the naked eye, it still looks like, Oh yeah, it's the same sweet old Yamaha, but you can clearly see those guys have been working hard and, and on and off the track. So, uh, you know, the success proved it, man. I mean, it is Daytona. It's a little bit weirder of a track. So obviously I know Dallas is not going to, he's got a lot of confidence there, but you know, you're going to have to regroup a little bit for Sonoya because it's a whole different ball game there. But, uh, I'm I'm confident them guys are gonna uh, put it in the work there too. So I'm I'm excited to see, man. I mean, anytime you have a different brand up front, and anytime you got you know multiple brands in the main event, it's a, it's a good thing. And we're not taking huge leaps and bounds, but uh, you know we are taking steps forward to what I think is uh, is, is is great for the sport, man. I love, you know, uh, I love seeing a Yamaha win. I love seeing an Indian win. I love seeing a Harley win. You know, I just it it just makes the sport better when it's not just the same old bike every time winning. Yeah, yeah, and and like you said, you, you can't really leave Daytona with too big of a head because there's nothing like Daytona, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm very aware that we still have work to do, and, you know, we're going to see how we stack up at Sonoya. It's, it's um, you know, it's great to get wins, and obviously my confidence is great at the moment, and everything's good, but I'm very aware that, you know, these next couple tracks are going to be a test of, of our motorcycle and, and where we are and, and whatnot, but that's just all a part of the process. You know, I think everybody's in the same boat. You kind of go to Daytona knowing whatever happens is going to happen and win, lose, or draw, it's Daytona, and you just kind of want to get out of there unscathed. So it was definitely good to get out of there. You know, it definitely couldn't have gone any better for me from a main event state. You know, I could have won that dash or whatever, but that stuff doesn't really matter. And you know, it's, um, and back to your point, like on the manufacturers, like, man, you look at night one, we got four different manufacturers on the front row, you know, when's the last time that's ever happened? Um, I think that that's, that's rare cool. for singles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's, it's so cool to see Johnny up there on the Royal Enfield. And obviously we know he's going to have some hurdles to, to go through on the bigger tracks, but they'll get there with the development and Briar hopping on a KTM and Brandon on the Indian and me on the Yamaha. Like it's, it's so cool. You know, and then we had three different manufacturers on the podium which is two years in a row we've had three ma different manufacturers on the podium for the first round. And like, for me, I know like, you know, it's hard to make big leaps for the sport, but like, you know, we've, we've got a full main event now. We got a full grid. We're sending guys home. Like I know those guys don't want to go home, but that's good for us. We need that. And I hope to see those guys keep going to every race. And I'm really glad to see that those production guys, some of them moved up instead of just saying like, Oh man, I don't, I don't want to race against those guys. Like they're accepting the challenge and they're, they're knowing that it's going to be, you know, tough at first, but like, look at Cameron Smith, like he's winning a semi like that, you know, that kid can race and he's proven it. So it's, uh, it's just cool to see like the sport, you know, the sports definitely got a lot of room to grow, but like they're making strides and I'm, I'm pumped for that, that, you know, seeing like more manufacturers up front is just as cool as winning and stuff. So, you know, just cause I'm a, I'm a fan of the sport. So it's, uh, it's definitely cool to see. Well, just looking at the results real briefly, just by what you said, man, it looks like there's at least Eight and you could you could say ten, but eight production twin guys made the main. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, they weren't in the top three, but at the same time, you know, Wells was production last year, Lowry's production, Harvitt was production, Billy Ross was production, Cameron's production, Ben Lau kind of did both, Bromley did both, but mostly production, Colby Carlisle did mostly production, Johnny Lewis did mostly production, Kilkman did did uh, some. So I mean, it's. The, this is a perfect time you know so many people were bitching and moaning on the internet and stuff but it's like guys like you can be competitive you absolutely can be i mean you know no everybody's gonna have to step their game up if you're a production bike and you're like well i'm gonna go win super twins obviously you gotta step your game up and, and johnny proved that you can put him on the front row but uh 
you know, it, it's, it's a good time we're in right now and, and we're making headway. You know, it's not the, the glory days where everybody's taking home camel pro checks, but at the same time, and it's compared to where we've been the last couple of years, I think we're, we're heading in the right direction. No. Yeah, for, for sure. I a hundred percent agree. And like, to your point of like being competitive, like look at Kale Colkman, that guy builds his motorcycle with his dad in his garage yep. and he's battling with Jared. And I know, and I know it's Daytona and, and things will be different, but like he's battling with Jared Mees in the main event running for a top five spot. Like, so that, that's a cool story in its own right. You yep. know, like you said, there's always room to improve and it's not the glory days where there's 90 guys show up for an 18 rider field, but you know, it's, we can't get, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day as they say. So it's definitely going to take some time, but I think we're on our way back to, you know, being how it was for sure. Yeah. And, and with more brands too, because people never remember that, like, you know, when I first started, you know, a million years ago in 2000 or so, like every main event was nothing but XR 750s or the, exactly, the, yeah. the, the singles class was 99% road taxes with maybe a couple Honda 600s. And like, oh, the racing was way better. But it's like, why are y'all, 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 they forget that before that, it was all, you know, Romero on Triumphs and BSAs. And then Kenny Roberts came in with a Yamaha and it was all Yamahas. And then it was all XRs. It's like, now we have probably one of the most diverse fields ever, you know, and, and it, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, everybody, you know, and there was opportunity, a lot of opportunity to make money back then, but like back then there was only one factory team with really a couple guys making real good money. You know, now you've got like Tim who's wanting to bring the Yamaha to the top. Now you got Rick Weir racing. Who's a NASCAR team. That's awesome to have in flat track. Who's wanting to take the KTM to the top. A guy like Wally Brown, who's also involved in NASCAR, you know, he doesn't do a full season, but he's wanting to help the KTM and then Royal Enfield with their deal. And, you know, it's not like, you know, there's, there may not be as many teams and there may not be like, you know as much money as there was there's more opportunity for rides but like there's more people want to take more manufacturers to the top and i think that that'll create more manufacturers that are in it to be like hey let's go dip our toes in there you know guys like aprilia or, or you know anything like that or kawasaki and you know we need more guys like tim and rick Ware that want to come in and you know want to win on their own manufacturer or whatnot but it's a you know like i said you know it's it's just going to take some time but it's definitely getting better and it's it's cool yeah, yeah, man. Couldn't, I think uh, I think the cool thing about Daytona is is like looking at these results, and you guys talked about the production guys. Like Daytona is like a riders' track, so on something like that, or the TTs or Lima, it's really cool because like a lot of these guys. I mean, for me personally, if I was on the G and G bike, I would have gone into Daytona with like uh, you know feeling like the bike is capable of of doing well, and I think maybe that kind of gives a lot of these guys reason like to come to the first two rounds. And like you said, I'm hoping, I'm hoping the guys that were there keep coming to all the rounds. Uh, I know we're going to have some different guys on the West coast and uh, I would have to agree. Like, I think the combined class is, is really cool because there is some incentive to make the main now. Um, and honestly, I don't know how many we'll have at the other rounds, but for this round, like it was cool watching like, you know, guys battling for main event spots again, where, you know, back last year, it was like the, the qualifying races were so unimportant. It seemed like besides, you know, gritting up, but um, giving guys like Cam Smith an opportunity to get on the mic. I thought that was, uh, that was really cool. And with that being said, there's, you know, they added more riders to the main event uh, Dallas uh, than we had last year. And did you, was that a problem at all? Like in the main with lappers? I mean, how was, 
how was that to navigate, especially on a short track where, you know, it's, it's really tight racing. There's not a lot of room to kind of get out of the way. Like, did you have any problems with lappers or? Um, no, we, we definitely dealt with a little bit of lap traffic, but like it, I didn't get held up by anybody or I didn't have any problems with any of the lappers, but I mean, you know, there's only, I mean, they only went from 16 to 18, right. Plus a guy that uses his provisional. So 19, I mean, that's not a whole lot, you know, it's not going to change a whole lot, especially when you get to the bigger tracks. I think if there's any place that's going to have a problem with lappers, it's going to be Daytona. And I think the farthest we lapped up was like, you know, 14th or something. I don't know. I didn't really pay attention, but it's, uh, you know, it was, it wasn't a problem for me. And I, I think it's better that way. Just, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think there's much difference between 16 or 18, you know, you're just adding a couple more spots to the field. Um, but no, I didn't see any problem with it. I thought it was all good. Well, going yeah, into Sonoya, I mean, do you do you see the same players kind of up front? I mean, looking at like we talked about before you came on, but I mean, it was looking at the results, it wasn't really hard to predict the finishes. Like everyone talks about Daytona being a crapshoot and you want to walk out of there with bonus points, et cetera. But looking at the results, there's really no no big surprises. I mean, I think we'll see the same guys up front all year on every kind of track. Like I think a lot of guys now at the front are way, way more well-rounded than like maybe 10, 20 years ago where you'd have like cushion half mile specialists, or you'd have like TT specialists or short track guys. I mean, the same guys pretty much run up front all year. So any, any big surprises you think that we'll see in Sonoya or kind of the same deal same players? Uh, I think kind of the same deal. Like you hit the nail on the head, like pretty much every rider, you know, runs up front at every race that's involved in the championship, those top four, five, six guys. Um, you know, obviously, like everybody says, Daytona is a crapshoot, but like I was talking to Ben Evans, and he's like, man, the same guys that are up front are always going to find their way to the front. You know what I mean? Like Jared Mee is looking like he's going to get a 10th or 11th place and he finds his way to a fourth. Like, you know, that that's a championship guy. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, Jared, like, obviously struggled a little bit, and Briar developing that KTM, like, those guys are going to be up front more, or I expect them to be up front more uh, here at these next couple races. And then, you know, Brandon's obviously really good on the clay tracks, and so is JD. So those guys that you say were, like, maybe kind of had, like, an off night or, like, a struggle a little bit, like a Jared and a JD, who are fourth and fifth, who's still really good, but they think that they should be winning. They'll be more up in front for the win, I believe. But no, like you said, I mean, those, the same guys are going to be up front, but then again, in dirt, I think dirt tracks kind of notorious. And it's funny. Cause me and my dad talk about this of like, it gives guys, like I see it in amateur racing and I see it, you know, you don't see it in motocross, but like it gives guys an opportunity to like, they have their day. You know what I mean? Like maybe a guy that shouldn't be up front or like, is not ready to run up front. Like he hits the bike set up, right. He gets himself, right. The stars align. And like, you have a day in flat track, like, and, I think that we've, you know, you see that sometimes in the 450 class with guys on the podium and sometimes at nights, it's just like clicking for some guys that maybe struggle a little bit. And so you you get those wild cards thrown in every once in a while at the races, but you know, other than that, it's pretty much the same players, you know, uh, Rob, you have anything else for Dallas? I got one more to wrap up on and then we'll let yeah, him know. No, I, you know what I, I want, I want to ask Dallas two, two point blank questions. Um, you know, it maybe is a little bit biased, but I think he'll give us an answer. Uh, so Dallas, you're in singles class right now. What do you do differently to like at Daytona? What, what would, what should the other guys have done a little bit differently to maybe get a grasp on Cody? Was there just nothing nobody's going to do or 
were you like, man, these guys just aren't doing this like he's doing? Like, what what, what are your takes on that? Because, you know, you had a good win, but Cody had a dominating win. So if you were in singles, what would you have changed if you were like Trevor or Tom Drain? Yeah, that's that's a tough question, you know what I mean? Because I was in kind of the same boat as Cody there in 20 where everything's just clicking, your motorcycle feels good, you're just – it's like nothing can stop you. And it seems like he's just pressed resume on his, on his, uh, on his racing from last year. Like it definitely, I didn't think he'd be that dominant, especially at a place like Daytona. But if I, if I'm another, if I'm a 450 guy, I, I'm going to look at Cody and I'm going to say, okay, this guy's fast qualifying. He's whole shotting every race. You know, he has a dominant performance on night one. My plan for the next night's going to be, I need to get out in front of him. I can't, I can't let him keep just letting him do his thing. You know, if you look at Cody, he leads every lap. Like he's never had to come from the back. He's, he's just out front flowing through the motions and he's just clicking off the laps and the guys behind him are probably playing around with each other a little bit, but you need to get out in front of him. You know what I mean? You need to stop his rhythm. Um, whether, whether that's like, you know, it's hard to get out with him in practice when he's, you know, going out first, but it's, you know, you got to figure something out. You can't just, you got to get him out of his tree. That's what my old uh, road race mentor, Derek, Derek quarterly always said is like, you can't just keep letting them pull the whole shot, you know, and guys are like, well, I struggle with my starts, you know, we'll figure it out, man. I mean, you got to get out in front of them. Like it, you gotta, you know, it's tough because Cody, I mean, I look at the lap times, Cody's doing an 18, four to an 18, seven, you know what I mean? That's a lot of time on a short track. So the only way to do it is it has it get out in front of them and, you know, there's going to be guys trying to race him onto the tra- out of the gate <laughs> in practice. <laughs> They're going to stop. Yeah, that's, that's what I would the do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you have another Make one? Rob? No, man, that's, that's really it. Through. I mean, he, okay. he, he answered. Well, I mean, he, he followed up with it because, uh, you know, and he answered the same way I did. Cause I was telling Dalton, I said, dude, you got to You got to get a start. Like, and the thing is, you know, Cody didn't get every hole shot, but he was so comfortable with holding the tight line coming out of two that, you know, I think once he was in like fourth going through, but then coming out of two, he stayed on lower and he went straight to the lead. And like Dallas was saying, man, like, you gotta, you gotta upset his rhythm and, and, you know, he's, he's not an easy guy to pass cause he's so fast anyway, but you're going to have to do something. And that does not mean, you know, go in there and clean him out or nothing, but, you know, show, show him a wheel, disrupt his rhythm, you know, let him know that this ain't going to be an easy race. Cause a lot of it's mental. Like he might've lined up being like, dude, I, I got this, you know what I mean? And it just takes a couple of times to throw the rhythm off and then boom, you know, you might get him a little bit flustered, but yeah. um, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to James Raspoli quite a bit. We're good buddies. And his his biggest thing he said going into like the second season was like similar game plan for me. He's like, yeah, man, you, you don't race real well in packs. You're more of an out front kind of rider. So the plan was to kind of just get in front and and make things hectic. And yeah, I mean, I think that definitely can can throw a rider's like, you know, throw them off a little bit. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, Last question I kind of have for you, and I talked about it on the pod a couple pods ago or whatever, but uh, Bromley Road 2 classes, they're letting uh, singles guys move up and ride. I think you can do it for six rounds. You can ride like twins as well. And I was like, man, I, I like it. I think it's a good rule, but I would also like to see like the possibility of them letting like twins guys ride six rounds of singles. Um Obviously, your main goal is winning Super Twins races and t- contending for championships. But what are your thoughts on that rule? Kind of like what I just said—a possibility of the Twins guys running provisionals in the singles. And do you think anybody would even do it? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I think your championship guys in both classes aren't going to mess around with that just because their goals specifically set on, you know, winning the title. But, I mean, if you look back at, like, I think it's cool because you give a guy opportunity to make some history. Like, it was really cool for me to be able to go win both main events at Atlanta. Um, You look back in the day, Ricky Graham wins uh, the 883 race and the Twins race. Um, Would a guy trying to win a championship do that now? I don't think so. But you may get a guy like Dan or a guy like Cameron Smith or somebody who thinks maybe they could – or a guy like Jesse Janish. He's a good example uh, that could – thinks he may have a good opportunity to win both at like a TT or something, and he runs both. Um, and I think that's cool. Uh, more opportunity for guys to do some more racing, especially for a guy like Jesse and Dan, who probably aren't going to do the full season and they want to, you know, think they might have a better shot one weekend at a 450 or at a twin or just want to run both just to try to win both. I, th- I think it's cool. Um, like I said, I don't think any of your regular championship guys are going to do it, but you know, I think it, I think it's, uh, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think, it, I think it's, I think it's cool. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd love to see it. Just off top of your head, I know we're dragging on here, but uh, you know, I think uh, you know, say if if Dallas, Briar, even Mees, you know, drop down, they'd they'd obviously be you know factors in the uh, in the singles class as well as the twins. Now, of course, you know, I don't think it's gonna it couldn't really happen with Mees because Indy that middle 450, but you know, in a in an ideal world, Dallas Daniels has a Yamaha 450, and so Briar's got a KTM 450. That'd be that'd be pretty badass. Yeah, I think if we did it, it would de- it would definitely be crazy. Like I couldn't imagine putting like four or five of us in an already hectic singles main event. Uh, but it would definitely it would definitely be cool. I mean, you know, but trying to go for a championship, I'm definitely not messing around the 450 class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just when I brought it up, I could see you just saying like, "Nah, I'm good, I'm good." So it it is really hard to take time off of a twin and jump on a 450. Like even for somebody like you, like a 450 two-time champion it's you get off the 450 and you focus on the twin I mean it's it's really hard to jump back so um it definitely definitely takes some time for that adjustment but um yeah man I appreciate you coming on the show taking some time uh you said you're back in Illinois so uh just getting ready for Sonoya but yeah just uh appreciate you know you guys your dad man he's he always listens to the pod I I uh he always comes up and talks about the pod stuff so i appreciate him man and uh yeah good good run at daytona yeah yeah, yeah. Awesome dad, job. yeah i appreciate it thank you guys for having me on yeah daddy's always be coming outside and he's i'm actually sitting in the shop right now because i'm just unloading stuff he's in owensboro working but he'll have the speaker going and now you got to listen to this they're, they're talking about this and th- this road race thing and you need to check this out that they're talking about all that and i'm like all right man, whatever <laughs> you know he I just wor- he works away listening to it it's you know my dad loves racing as much as all of us do so he's he's just a fan we, we're all fans like if for some reason i had to quit dirt track racing tomorrow i'd follow it religiously just like i do supercross and whatnot so yeah i love it cool man well appreciate you coming on dude and we'll uh see you in a couple weeks in georgia yeah sounds good thanks boys all right see you you, bud good luck see you man oh man that was some good insight rob dude he's uh man it's crazy how how he's maturing like with just his personality and his racecraft and the way he kind of sees the sport i mean we're in really good hands with with guys like Briar and, and, uh, and Dallas and Cody and all these young fast riders that not only are they good riders, but they're promoting the sport and speaking well about it. And 
it's a really cool thing. And and there's more, obviously I didn't list everybody guys. I, you didn't mention so-and-so it's, but there's so, so many, so many guys coming up and, and, and like his, you know, talking about just like having full grids in the class and how important that, that is like, it's uh dude, he's, he's really mature and he, he understands what it, what it takes to kind of be successful. And I will say, Rob, it was really cool. Like we've already talked about it, but seeing full grids, um, and a lot of these production twins guys, we didn't talk about it much, but I mean, for Cameron Smith, like I'm looking at the results, uh, 13th or whatever. I think this is the first day, uh, 13th in production twins for Cameron. It pays way more money than getting like, I think fourth on us on the production twin. So, they're making more money, like guys that don't have a lot of like podium bonuses or sponsors like that. You know, I'm pretty big on this pod about, you know, getting bonuses, getting contingencies, getting stuff like that, but it's not feasible for everybody. And guys like Cameron and, you know, Jordan Harris and Billy Ross, like getting that extra, uh, is it a G bar to make the main? I don't know. I got to look the purse, the purse payout. I know it's a lot yeah, more, I, but they're, they're making yeah, more money. It's good. good. So, um, yeah, it was good, Rob. Um, we didn't talk too much about nights on uh, results on night two, but Cody and Dallas kind of summarized everything for, for night two. I don't think we need to get in it too much. The results were honestly pretty similar. Like I've realized that Daytona fits a double header. The same players are kind of, they're going to, you know, obviously Vanderkoy got, got the second place on night two and it was really cool to see him lead laps. I know he's him and Jay Maloney are kind of doing it on their own a lot with some, some sponsors, but and then Davis Fisher, man, he looked, he looked dicey. Like Davis, Davis did really well. He wasn't training in Florida all winter. He stayed in Michigan, was ice riding. And, and uh, he had a really good result there with a, with a third place. Um, talk about the singles real quick. Sathoff got the podium. Uh, Trent Lowe, obviously I wanted to bring that up. He was DQ'd Rob. I don't know if you even knew about it, but his rear wheel was, one pound, I think I don't, don't quote oh. me on it, but one pound too heavy. And the, uh, the crazy thing about, from what I understand with Mishler, Trent and chase, they all had the same rear wheel. Like they were supposed to be identical. And for whatever reason, it was just a pound pound different. And I don't know if the tires, we, you would know more than I would about that. Like the tires way more, even if they're new, um, you know, there's definitely some, some uh different you know differences in yeah. those tires so i don't think there's a pound I, if i had to guess of course you know i'm not on that team anymore so I, I don't have any inside information but i just found out about it this morning and i was really shocked because i did i do know how you know bigelow and Coolbeth and obviously mike being in charge down there you know they all have their their wheel setups and and i never had an issue with it last year i'm wondering if maybe when they mounted a new tire maybe they went with a, a ultra heavy duty tube which is is good for lower pressures but uh you know you gotta weigh them and and you know with me with dalton stuff you know we weighed in advance but i took it all the way to the aft scales because my scales might read different and they absolutely did read a little bit different so um you know it's just one of the things you got to check and and they probably assume that you know since all three wheels are identical but i know with some of them lowry wheels you can add bolt-on weights inside i don't know if they did that or or if it was I'm assuming they're all in the same rotors. It looked like the rotors were the same. A couple teeth different sprocket being aluminum sprocket is not going to make a difference. So the only thing I can think of, man, is just a maybe a, a super heavy duty tube got slid in there on accident, and 
you know, I mean, it's a, it's a learning thing. I mean, I hate that they lost points, uh, especially was it fourth or fifth place points. So it's definitely a, a small bruise that it's going to be, but Trent's fast. Dude. He's going to regroup in Sonoya. And I know that, uh, you know, Mike and the whole team, they're going to, they're going to not take that one lightly. And, and I'm sure that it'll be weighed before the next time. Cause that's just one of the mistakes that happens, but it, it just can't happen because now they've given, you know, Cody and Dalt and even Chase, you know, that many more points ahead of them. And, you know, and Trevor, as you know, and probably will agree, Trevor should be in the top three in points pretty much all year. But uh, and Max. you guys work cut out for him now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, well, I was just talking about DQ wise. Oh, you said Trevor or Trent, you meant. But um, yeah, no, it's sorry. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. And honestly, like one pound doesn't make a difference with like performance. So it's it's tough for me, like just being Trent's rider coach. Like it's a bummer. But hey, it's it is what it is. You can't you can't stress on it. You got to move forward and and uh and keep on swimming but uh um <laughs> uh, gerard uh, i wanted to give a shout out to gerard bio he uh he's the the uh overseas rider who put it in the main on uh on on the second night rob unfortunately he uh I, I don't know exactly what happened in that in that crash but it involved like james ott zabala gerard and he like dislocated his shoulder he was in a lot of pain but Gerard all that Gerard put it in the uh in the main event we were all really stoked for him he's actually the FIM world champion and uh Dennis Noyes and and the whole Noyes family they were really big in bringing him bringing him over here and we we got him a bike from first impressions one of our Hondas and a really good rider he put it in the main so that was uh that was really cool but yeah so overall really good weekend for AFT um we could talk about it for forever, but yeah, I thought they all did a really, really good job with it. Uh, I talked to Kevin Crowler on the phone yesterday and he was like, any questions on anything that happened? I'm like, no, man. I was like, I thought everything went smooth, like the track and everything. So yeah, hats off to, to the whole crew for, for doing a, a good job there. And then I did want to talk about the Daytona 200 and the Moto America weekend. I want to touch upon it. Um, there was bagger racing. Want to give a shout out to our boy, real estate Raspoli getting the bagger win, uh, easily, oh. easily the best save of the year already. If you guys haven't seen Raspoli's bagger save, it is, it's a good one, Rob. Honestly, I'm going to go on there. It's gotta be a top three all time. I'm sure there's some MotoGP high side saves or something, but none of them, I don't even know, but I'm assuming those things are at least like what, six, 700 pounds, maybe even more. And, 180 miles an hour is what they were turning so i mean just to save that i mean for those who don't understand that's like going 150 miles an hour like on a damn gold wing and then it just starts tank slapping but then you add in a bank and you add in one foot to the right there's a freaking wall i mean i, I you can't say enough about the save and if you watch the video slow down look at his right fucking hand folks the right hand he is still in it to win it like you, you know, most people done chopped and changed their underwear by then in, in Rispoli, man. Wow, what what a save. And then, dude, the Vance and Hines guys, man, they, they got themselves a, a bagger win against the factories. You know, um, that's, that's huge. So, yeah, Rispoli, man, I hope he took home $100,000. Of course, I'm sure he didn't. But at the same time, whatever he made, uh, he earned. Put it that way. We, we went out to dinner last night, and uh, he was ordering sangria. He ordered a... a an appetizer i'm like dude bagger win baby i like it so dude i wonder what i wonder if he had a heart rate monitor on i would have loved to have seen this the spike right there if it even did spike because he definitely 
it was sketchy, but he looked in control as much as you could look in control of something like that. But well, he's wow. a strong kid, man. It's underrated how how strong Raspoli is. Like his his like um his like fit reminds me of like Bronson, like somebody with just a lot of upper body strength and uh, to manhandle that bagger. I mean, dude, honestly, like man, so many guys would have just flopped that thing. That's a bad place to crash to. Like your your head is straight toward the wall. Out of, I think that's turn six and it's just not, it's not, a, not an ideal place to high side. And, and, uh, he refused to let it go. Like just way to keep her on too, buddy. That was sick. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then Mesa got a win. I'm trying to think who, Oh, um, Gus rodeo dominated the first day. Oh yeah. Yep. Freaking crazy. Yeah. So, well, you know, to be fair though, Mesa did have a shifter linkage break off or something like that too. Not saying Gus didn't deserve the win, but I would have loved to have seen, two days of those two battling it out. Cause that was, that was just freaking awesome. Yeah. And then let's talk about the 200 Rob. I, I got to go over and watch, watch the 200. I was a little bummed that we got our race rescheduled to Saturday. Cause I was planning on going to the 200. I, I didn't have to work Moto America. Um, I told Chuck and Nicole, I was like, if you need me, I'm there, but uh, you know, I just kind of, just going to hang out and drink beer and <laughs> watch the race. Yeah, I but, saw you drinking and riding. I saw you <laughs> riding a pit bike guys. I had a, a beer. I was on my pit bike. We have a lot of, you know, people that get all tweaked out on that stuff, but yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a, I had an 11 hour bush light and I'm riding back to, I forget. I was doing something on the pit bike and Rob freaking you ride by me and kick the back of my bike. <laughs> And I was pissed. I was like, I didn't know it was you at first. I was like, whoever, like I was full bear mode. And, uh, and, uh, I was only, they're like, what were you so mad for? I was like, dude, I had an $11 beer. I just opened and he kicked me and I almost dropped it. Uh, dude, fifth tank slapper on the pit bike one handed. It was a great save. I would have, I would have bought you a new beer though. If I, if you spilt your beer and dropped it, I would have had to buy you a new beer, but it was Dude, we yeah. had a group of like 20 people. I was like, oh, that's Corey. Cause I didn't even know you had a 50 with you, dude. So I had no clue it was you until I rode right up on you. And it was just split second. I'm going to kick the shit out of him. And I kicked your back fender, dude. You had a, a wobble with the beer, dude. dude. You, you look like a, you look like a gummy bear. Your whole body like just started flexing <laughs> or like, like you just start bending and to save the beer. But yeah, go, let's go to the 200, man. Yeah. And I don't know. So like when I was watching it, I really didn't know, like, I was following, I was sitting outside the Moto America truck watching on the monitors and I didn't know, I didn't know exactly. I don't think a lot of people knew exactly what was going on. Even the announcers, like, so there's a red flag. It was like T Hobbs. Uh, I think S like I said, S was like involved, but I don't think he went down and, and somebody else, I, I think it might've been like a back marker, but anyway, they, they red flagged the race and it was like a 10 lap. I think there's five laps to go, but they, they have to do a certain amount of laps um, 10 lap minimum. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to read some text from Chuck. It was a 10 lap minimum because we took over the race. We didn't want a three or four lap finish after 180 plus miles. Um, he did say that one more lap and it would have been called a complete race. So you have to do a certain amount of laps. What I didn't understand, and I still don't like it. Um, but it's an FIM rule. It's been in the rule book is that when the race gets red flagged, Rob, and something like that, it's a brand new race. So you had to complete, if the riders on the track completed 75% of the laps, they got all their laps back. So like a few guys were two or three laps down, they had a shot to win it. And from what I understand, it's kind of crazy, like PJ and Cam Peterson. And um, from what I've, what I've heard, they didn't know they had a shot to win it. So like, 
PJ was like rolling out of the throttle. Like he didn't want to get mixed up in it. And you could kind of see Cam Peterson like looking around and, you know, instead of going for the win, they were kind of like unsure if they were, you know, even on the lead lap. So it got kind of crazy there. Like the announcers didn't really kind of know they sort of knew, but not really like, and then Brandon Posh, he had a 15 second hit penalty. So it was really crazy at the end of the race, Rob. And we didn't really know who, who was on the podium. Like it was, it was definitely a, a, a uncommon thing. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, a description of why it was the way it is. So the rule is like, that is the rule. It's an FIM rule. I just don't like, you know, personally as a racer, if you go a lap down or two laps down, you shouldn't get your lap back, you know, like that's, that's an FIM well, rule. And that's kind of just, they just followed the rule book. So I'm sure as racers yeah. themselves, they probably, I don't know if they necessarily think it's a great rule either. I, they didn't say that, but it's um yeah, it's one of them things you, you work, you know, those four or five guys are on the lead lap. They worked hard that, that whole 52 lap deal. And then, you know, guys that were three or four laps down that didn't execute very well, they, they had a shot to win again. So it was definitely weird. Yeah. I mean, like you, you did say it, you know, and, and part of me wants to be like, Oh man, that was so jacked up, but they did follow their rule book. So myself included, it was all like, what the hell's going on? You know, like all we had to do is just read the rule book point blank. But that being said, yeah, it, it does take away a little bit, you know, like you said with PJ specifically, I read his post and man hats off to the guy. I mean, that's, that's a class act. Cause he didn't know if he was in the race or not. And unfortunately you know, it did hurt him because we, he showed the speed all day. I'm not saying he would have won, but he definitely had a little more in the tank, so to speak. Um, and I just don't understand the whole, you know, if you're down a few laps, you're even, but somebody like Posh or some of the other guys that had a 15 second penalty are all of a sudden still screwed. So why didn't they reset everybody? But then also another thing I'm trying to figure out is, um, I lost my train of thought. I was getting, getting well, the fired rule, up there for a second. The rule for the time penalty states rider receiving a time penalty in the first race will have the penalty applied only to the finish of the final race. So, yeah, I mean, they fully followed the rule book, but it's just one of them things that, like, if you if you were – so you had to do 39 laps out of the 52 to, at the red flag to get your – to be on the lead lap again. So you could essentially have been – 13 12 13 laps down and you're yeah. you're lining up and you have a shot to win the fucking race like um I, if a lot yeah. of guys knew the rules we might have had an even dicier finish because dude like imagine being 12 laps down and re resuscitated like and having a shot to oh, win. Well, well but then also you know i know it, again like i can't stress this enough they followed their rule book fim everything so like everything i'm saying here is just my opinion and, and what i would have done differently but you know thinking back as a strategist for next year dude oh my gosh like you could totally have a dude technically and again this is i'm not getting my ideas but just me looking through loopholes and being the racer i am you could have a teammate that says is never going to win the 200, but is good enough for like a top 20 finish. Go out, get your A guy. Let's just say I'm working with Posh and, and I'm the, and I'm his teammate. So Posh, you're going to stay in the lead group. I'm going to just cruise around, you know, you know, four laps down or whatever. And then Posh it, with 20 laps to go or 10 laps to go, I'm going to low side and bring out the red. 
I know this is terrible to think about, but this is just exploiting the rules. It's, hey, every racer but be- thinks before about that, it. But before that, well, before that, though, Posh comes in and gets fresh tires. So when I know from the pit board that, you know, code name A-2 or whatever, that tells me that he's got fresh tires. Boom, low side. All right, red flag. Now all those other guys, you can't put new tires on. So Posh has a fresh-ass set of tires for the 10-lap sprint. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all these factors – theoretically come to work you know is but at the end of the day they followed the rule book you know it is what it is you know i know it's a it's a bummer for so many people um but you know whether i agree with or not you know these these racers and teams should have been in the rule book myself included because i i made a couple opinionated posts you know nothing nothing bashing too bad i just didn't understand it when it was cleared out spelled out black and white so yeah, it's one thing Big. like the the teams and riders need to know they need to know the rule book better too. I mean, if you're in this to win the the biggest road race in America for the year, you got to know that's a big rule to know about. And and like you said, you bring it up that point, Rob. I've thought of that a hundred percent. Like I've thought of that when like Dallas and uh and Bruner had their deal where you know he got you know at Springfield. Like there's all kinds of fucked up scenarios that racers think about people that you know like a strategy-based racer like myself, you know, I, I thought about the same thing you just said. I just never even, I've, I haven't mentioned it yet, but yeah, that's not crazy at all. I mean, no, I mean, it's bad to say, it's bad to say, but I can promise you right now, if there, if, if my guy's got a shot to win 20 grand, I'm fucking oh, low side. I'll take, I'll take, well, I'm just saying, yeah. I know. Okay. So even more so, I mean, dude, I would almost have to think about doing it for five grand to win, you know, just because like that's, <laughs> That's critical, but you leave the door open. This is where, you know, some of the old timers, you know, back in the day with NASCAR, you know, they, they, their blue book, the rule book is black and white, but boy, there's some gray if you need it. And I'm always looking for loopholes, dude. I'm like the loophole master. You put, give me a loophole. I'm going to fit my fat ass right through it. <laughs> hey, I'm right. I'm right there with you. But uh, yeah, it's one of them things, but no, exciting race. And uh, I will say Josh Heron, he rode great the whole week. Like he, he deserved to win. He had the speed to win. He, you know, he was, he was due, you know, it's, it's cool to see him get a win. We, we still want Heron to come on the pod, man. There's be some, some really good stuff to talk about, but I don't even know who got second. Uh, Hayes was, did Hayes second? And then, yep. um, and then real quick, uh, Rob, um, I want to bring up just, you know, Oh, Cam Peterson was third, but I want yep. to bring up the incident between um, Heron and uh, real quick. I, you know, we, we could go on forever, yeah. but we'll wrap this no, up. I got I wanna, an opinion on that. I want to bring up the Heron and Escalante uh, deal. Obviously, it was a huge, huge turn of events. So I, I don't know how many laps were left, maybe 9 or 10, 11 um, laps left. And battling for the lead, they were they checked out. They were the only two that were relevant at the time, it looked like, to win the race. And Escalante goes down. Uh, they're entering... I guess that's still turn one. Like they're, ter- they're turning to come out at two, I think maybe. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Rob? And then I'll kind of give a, a quick opinion. Yeah, man. I mean, I know everybody's looking for a reason to hate on Heron again. And, uh, and I'm happy to say that I went and talked to him in the, uh, the, uh, the pit lane and, and we seem to be cool. We didn't, we didn't, we, we used to be really, really tight and I still love the dude. He's, he's got a lot of pass. He's almost like the road race version of Sammy. There's always gonna be some kind of drama that follows him around, whether it's self-inflicted or not, but that particular pass, I'm okay with it, man. I mean, and from what, everything I saw, the multiple video angles, it looked to me like Escalante got in there a little bit hot, and Heron saw an opening and went for it. And the fact that it looked like Heron's rear tire and 
Escalante's handlebar connected tells me that, you know, Heron had already basically made it through when Escalante was trying to tighten his lineup. I don't think it was, I think it was very aggressive. Do I think it was dirty or, or, or intentional? No, I don't. Um, I am bummed for Escalante. He rode a great race. Um, I think in that instance, you know, always looking back, I think Escalante should have recognized that, you know, he was a little bit wide um, and then followed Heron. And, you know, it looked like Escalante's bike had some serious, you know, wheels on the bank in any way. I, I firmly believe that he could have used the draft to the to the line and, and made it happen. Um, but ultimately, I'm going to have to call that a racing incident. I like both the riders. I don't really know Escalante very well, but um, I, I don't think it was malicious in any, in any way. I just think it was Heron doing what somebody that wants to win more than anything in the world and and made made a made a aggressive move. And unfortunately, Escalante went down. Yeah, yeah. I'll just chime in. I mean, I think it was mainly a racing incident. Um, you know, it, it, there was plenty of room there and then they kind of, their lines just kind of, kind of like met at, on the, uh, the, uh, the apex a little bit to the exit. They just kind of like, you know, ran into each other. Um, I thought it was a little aggressive, just like at that point in the race, like there's only two of them left. Um, and like, I didn't really understand Heron's explanation. Cause he said like, yeah, you know, I, I couldn't draft him at the line. I felt like we were down. I think he said like 15 horsepower. So I was trying something in turn one because, you know, I just had to figure out where I could I could beat him. But like beating someone in the turn one on the last lap, I mean, it's really like not super relevant because you have the whole infield, you have the banking leading up to the to the chicane and then the exit of the, of the, of the chicane all the way to the draft. Like I don't see really where you know leading or not leading with two riders in turn one would really make a difference but um but I, again like you're racing this isn't t-ball like I, I love that fucking phrase like this is you know it's you're racing for a 200 win um if i was richie and like it goes back to riding with sammy or riding with johnny lewis like you got to know the crowd you're racing with or know the guy you're around like if you're around josh heron or sammy you know, or Johnny Lewis, you protect that inside. Like, or I would, um, if you're racing with a guy, like, you know, I would say guys, you trust more, like, um, I don't even know a good example. Cause everybody's so aggressive these days, but that you can kind of, you have like, you know, you don't need to push the issue of, of, of like kind of protecting your line, but yeah, it's, it's a bummer. He went down cause Richie, uh, Richie's a really good guy. I, I really like talking to him. So it was a bummer, but Good, good race, Rob. Nonetheless, Daytona 200. It was, man, it's something they're going to talk about for a really long time. And uh, yeah, it was cool for Dunlop to get, get a win as well. They're a sponsor of the podcast, but yeah, good episode. I want to make sure we shout out Bell Power Sports for everything they do for the podcast. I want to shout out Jerry Stinchfield for everything he does for the sport and the podcast as well. Commercial industrial roofing, commercial and industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience. Check out his website, commercialroofsystems.net. Uh, that's a wrap, Rob. I don't have anything else. This was a long one. I'm sure you're chomping at the bit just to get off because you probably have a million things to do. But anything uh, in closing about Daytona, anything to do with Daytona that we should kind of talk about? You I'm know, sure we probably missed some stuff. but Yeah, we probably missed a, a bunch. We can have another follow-up pod too. But no, I think overall from the 200 and the flat track, I mean, if nothing else, a lot of people are still talking about it. You know, it wasn't just like a, oh, okay, it's just another race and they went home. I mean, the 200 had more drama than you could shake a stick at, which, you know, 
in this day and age of likes and views and clicks, that's, that's huge. Same thing with the flat track. I mean, you know, love it or hate it, you know, even though we had double winners both nights, but I mean, there was some good action. There was some really freaking strong racing. And, uh, you know, uh, the last thing I want to add is just, man, big shout out and, and, and thoughts go out to Mikey Rush, man. I know, uh, he's, uh, he's down and out right now, but, uh, we want to all, you know, everybody's thinking about you, Mikey and, uh, man, hate, hate to see it, but hope you come back uh, strong and healthy. Yeah, you said it. Uh, get well, Mikey. Get well. Uh, there was a couple other guys that went down. Ben Galati had a had a pretty bad one as well in Twins Cup. And Dominic Doyle. Domin- Domin- Dude, Dominic. Oh, gosh, Dom- I, that happened right in front of me too. Dominic. I actually messaged him on social and was like, dude, I'm so sorry to see that, man. You, He was doing so good too. But both days, something about that one corner, he just didn't quite get right. And then, unfortunately, his – his second high side in the exact same spot. I think he got an ankle injury or leg injury. And uh, yeah, Dom's you know. a good Dom's a really good guy, and uh, he's a listener of the pod. He listens to like every every show, even all the flat track shows. So shout out to uh, to Dommy, man. Get get well soon, uh, and everybody else we might have missed. Uh, obviously, there's there's probably some more guys, but uh, yeah, that's a wrap, man. It's going to be a really good season. Uh, appreciate all the fans for stopping by. It was really hard <laughs> to sit on the sidelines and, and watch, but it was, uh, it was cool to have the fans come by and, and say hi and tell them, you know, tell us they appreciate the pod and, and everything else. Uh, I think I'll be good now for a while, Rob. I was, a little, I was stressing a little bit uh, that I was possibly going to suit up for Daytona. I actually had my bike. I had my bike <laughs> brought down and I was like, on the fence about about just fucking signing up but uh i got through it so um yeah i think i'll be good for a while i mean sonoya <laughs> looks cool but i it's eh, i'll be all right so um yeah appreciate the fans make sure you subscribe and that's a wrap till next time we out <laughs>